everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel. And every weekend, we're here, we're doing life together. And as always, we're so glad you've joined us. Oh, hello, Dr. Linda. Well, happy weekend. Oh, have you got a British accent going here? We do this weekend. You've uh, <laughs> you've recently been to Great Britain, so I thought I would... Uh, oh, you're helping you me feel just right, right at home again. Yes, right. people feel so cultured and smart because of that accent. <laughs> I don't know if they are any smarter, but they sure seem like it. They can say anything and it just sounds brilliant. Of course, know? I was at Oxford and Cambridge, so people mm, were very smart there. That's right. Good point. That's right. And you didn't pick up any of the accent either. You, still... I, I, you know, I could pretend, but <laughs> I think I'd be caught pretty quickly that I'm not British. Right. Well, we are off on a rabbit trail already. I do have a, a question pertaining to the show for you this weekend, Dr. Linda. You recently had two friends that you were very close with. They moved to Texas. Uh, how are you doing with that? You know, I don't like it. I hate it when my friends have to move away. Right. These are people, Chris, we've known for years. We've raised kids mm. with them. Um, we've been in and out of their lives for just so long that we feel like we really get to know them. And you know that Norm is a gourmet cook, right? Well, see, I've never actually sampled anything yet. Oh, so this is just by hearsay you know this. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Incidentally, he's never cooked anything for me personally. Hint, oh. hint, 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 hint. Oh, well, you know what? He doesn't bake, so we can't ah. bring things with us, but right. yeah, I guess we could bring a sample once in a while. <laughs> but he is so good, and we have two couples mm -hmm. that serve as our test kitchen. So this is one of the couples. So now we have one of the two couples who's moved away. Right. I guess we're going to have to recruit a new hey, couple. There's my <laughs> You're too far away. I can't get to, you can't get to my house quickly enough to That's do true. that. Well, you know, when it comes to moving, there is social media to help you stay in touch. But um, it's just not the same. And we know this from experience. We recently moved away. And while you can keep in touch on Facebook, it doesn't have the same effect. Yeah. So do you find that you're depth of sharing life with people, even though you're using the social media, has lessened a little bit? It has. And one thing about social media is everyone puts their best foot That's forward. That's true. So you can't see each other getting old. That's true. On, on Facebook. <laughs> and they're not going to say, you know, yeah, my child is driving me crazy this right. weekend. Mm -hmm. They're not going to say that on social media. Exactly. So yeah, it does lose its effect. I'm glad we have it. Mm -hmm. I'm really glad that we've had it. But you know, I've I've moved several times in my adult life due to jobs. Right. And each time you have to start all over. You have to make new friends. And as you get older, it's just not that easy. I think you do need to have at least one or two really good friends that you can do life with. But finding them can be somewhat of a challenge, especially given how busy people's lives are. Well, and it's easier for, for kids. And people told us this when we moved. They said, oh, kids are resilient. They'll bounce back. They, they can meet each other. Or even if you're not so much a, a child, but if you're in college, there's the social scene for you to really meet people. But once you become an adult... It does get harder because everyone's busy. We have our lives you know, to live. And before you know it, you may text once or twice a year. So don't you think it was easier, though, for you because your kids are young? Oh, yeah. And because oh, yeah. of that, you have to meet other parents, you have whether to. it's at church or you know, involved with school or community mm -hmm. activities. So I think it is harder. It's people that are single, I think, and, and older, yeah. that when you go and you move to a new area, it's much, much harder to really figure out how do we actually do this. And I've talked to a lot of people who say they have no real serious friendships. They have mm. a lot of people they know, a lot of superficial types of friendships, and I think that is related to social media sometimes. But loneliness is a real problem in our culture. We did a show on loneliness. Right. Here's a little history on that. The lack of friends seems to be a worsening problem. As a matter of fact, in 1985, survey data showed that 
Many people said they had three close friends. And then fast forward to 2004, the same survey was given, and the most common response was people said they have zero friends. Oh, wow. Yeah, this means around 25% or one out of four of us are going around with no friends. Oddly enough, we've been talking about social media. Yeah, it's when it really became popular, right? Right. Well, I want to go back to what I said about loneliness for a minute. I heard an interesting fact from a a different survey. When people were dying, which Mm -hmm. is, I guess, when you really think about what's important in your life, right? Right. They were asked, what are your regrets? And the number four response on that regret list was not having stayed in touch with good friends. Wow. That seems like motivation to get to it and make friends now. That's right. And not only is loneliness a problem, like we said, but not having friends is is not good for your health. Had you thought about that? No, that's a new one. Yeah, so it's interesting. There's a name. I don't know if I'm going to massacre this name, but it's Julianne Holt-Lundstad is what it looks like, Mm -hmm. who is a researcher at BYU. And she studies all these social relationships and friendships from people. And she did what's called a meta-analysis. And that just means that a meta-analysis is when you look at a whole bunch of studies and Mm -hmm. then you come up with some conclusions based on all those studies. So her area is social support, health outcomes, and she found that not having enough friends or having a weak social circle of friends is the same risk factor as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. So in other words, it's pretty bad for your health not to have good friends. Well, I see your BYU study, and I'll raise you a Harvard. Uh Uh-oh, okay. (laughs) There was an interesting study at Harvard that said they followed a group of men for a few decades, and at the end of the study, someone asked the researcher what they had learned, and he said, that the only thing that really matters in life are your relationships to other people. So Hmm. that's a pretty good conclusion after following. And that was men. This is not just women need friends. We're Mm -hmm. talking about men needing friends as well. And we would certainly add to that that your relationship with God is the most important relationship, right? Right. So we're not saying that this is more important than your relationship with God, but it is important then to have friends and family around. And one of the reasons is also that people feel happy when they have friends. Researchers tell us that friends are critical to a happy life. So in fact, happy people, Chris, have five friends. Why five? They were looking at, well, if you're happy and you have a number of friends, hmm, five seems to be a good number. And that's all I can think of off the top of my head. (laughs) Well, you know, I have uh, friends and they have changed over the years and some are are not even in my life anymore. I know. I think a lot of us could say that, right? With circumstances and moves and all of that. So this is interesting. It it does make sense, but I never really thought about this. A Dutch sociologist tracked friendships. And they found that in seven years, your close friends won't be close anymore. Hmm. In seven years. Every seven years, half of our friends fade out of our life. I mean, does that sound true to you? I'm trying to think. Uh, Yes, possibly so. Because we move around so much, people just don't stay put anymore like we used to. I think maybe that's what it is. Because I only have a very small number of friends that I've Mm -hmm. kept up with over life. So I think it is related probably to moving. But it's interesting that you shift friends. Maybe it's also related to, Chris, growing and developing and just getting new interests or your kids go into a different phase of life or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the changes that you experience in life. Well, you know, Dr. Linda, we have barely scratched the surface on this topic. And uh, hopefully we've convinced you of the importance of making and keeping friends. Right now we have to go to a break. But when we come back, specific tips on how to make and keep friends right here on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. 
Social media can be a real source of jealousy in our culture. It's so easy to be envious of a friend's fitness progress, a family member's new car, or a colleague's promotion. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, and I know I'm not the only one who plays the comparison game on social media. But if our self-worth is measured in the number of hearts our Instagram gets, we're missing the point big time. Instead of obsessing over the number of thumbs up you get, ask yourself, are my actions worthy of a thumbs up from God? I promise you, he doesn't care what your outfit of the day is or if you're drinking your first Starbucks red cup of the season. God already gave you a double tap when he knit you in your mother's womb. And the only filter we need is Christ himself, who erases our imperfections and makes us holy. Having lots of followers is great, but remember, God asked us to follow him first. And you can tweet that. Winter, spring, summer, go fall. Now all you got to do is call. And I'll be there, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got a friend. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. And today's topic is how to make and keep adult friends. And we have a lot more to talk about. But before we move on, I want to remind you to check out Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. There you will find her blogs, books, and you can connect on social media. And also, you can listen to the podcast anytime on iTunes and take us with you. I know, and I, I've heard a lot of good feedback from people that they love the fact that they can do it on podcasts. They listen on the treadmill. The only difference with me and them is I don't have a treadmill. <laughs> well, <laughs> or they go on a walk or they right. go on a run and you, they have their earbuds in and they're yes. listening. So that, that could be a great way to get some mental health and relationship help. That's right. And tips. Well, today on the uh, Dr. Linda Mental Show, we're talking about making and keeping friends. And before we move on, Dr. Linda, I was reading Reader's Digest and uh, there was a, a quote in there from Megan. And she says, I came down with a horrible stomach bug. And when my husband was out of town, her friend shows up with saltines, Sprite, essential oils, and the best part, her Netflix password. Oh, no. Are you supposed to do that? Uh, well, I'm not sure. But, Are you supposed to share that? Yeah. She was feeling sick. They got together. Her friend came over and helped take care of her. And the kicker is this all took place in, ready? Friendswood, Texas. <laughs> if you need some friends, go to Friendswood, Texas. That's, that's where they are. And we're not recommending you share your password because I don't know if that's technically legal right. or not. So yeah, whatever. Definitely don't condone that. <laughs> right. But it's nice she showed up with saltines. And look, essential oils. Ooh. Well, let's get into the specifics involving making adult friends and, of course, keeping adult friends. Okay. So let's start with the idea of reconnecting with mm -hmm. old friends. Now, I hear people when I give that suggestion go, Really? And they haven't contacted me in ages. Right. Why should I be the one who contact them? Maybe you've lost touch, but you do have some history with that person. So with social media, like we mentioned before, it's easier to reach out and you can connect with that person again. I think, though, we tend to feel guilty when we've lost touch with someone and we don't want to try to reconnect. It's like we're somehow a bad friend you know, because right. we haven't been keeping in touch. But reconnecting with people you already know and like is a good way to do that. I mean, have you ever tried doing that? I have, and it doesn't have to turn into a best friend scenario, I don't mm -hmm, think, mm -hmm. but, but reconnecting, I think, is, is valuable, and it may fill a void. And on the inverse of that, a friend of mine called out of nowhere once, and we talked for an hour, and as oh. I was beginning to think, this is this is great of him to do this, it was a pyramid scheme. He was trying to get me involved. Oh, no. <laughs> no that's not a good story. Yeah, so uh, so yeah. watch out for that. But, you know, I think I like what you said, because sometimes it isn't that they're going to become your best friend. Right. 
but there are points of connection. And I do have friends like that where I haven't talked to them in a long time. And then I'll read something on social media that says maybe like one of my really good friends from Chicago, her brother died recently. Mm, And so I reached out to her and we can kind of pick up where we left off. Right. And we're real comfortable, but we might not talk to each other again for a number of months. I think that's a sign that you were good friends to begin with when you can Take a long pause and then pick right back up where you were. You don't have to reconnect in a big, deep, you know, intimate way. Right. You can just go to coffee. You can have a quick lunch, but you might have to set it up. So here's what doesn't seem to work is when people go, oh, yeah, great to talk to you. Let's go get coffee. And then you never hear from them. Mm, right? right. So you really do have to follow up if this is a strategy you're going to use. When you say, let's go get coffee, then say, let's go get coffee. How about? Look at your calendar. Maybe in a week we could meet at you know eight a.m. and have have a cup of coffee. It's so easy to say let's go do it, but then you have to do it, right? <laughs> and speaking of that, the follow through. A friend of mine contacted me from we hadn't spoken for five or six years. We had been roommates in college, and it fell apart, left on a very bad note. Okay. He calls out of nowhere and says, "Sure enough, just like you said, hey, let's go get lunch," and he wasn't necessarily interested in, in keeping the friendship going. He just wanted to apologize. Oh, wow. So he did reach out and brought up those old feelings Wounds. of regret yeah. and, and fixed them. Well, that's really proactive on his part. Was, he must yes. have felt somewhat convicted mm-hmm. about that he had to come to you and do that, which is very biblically right. uh, a good thing to do. And that may be an issue when you do reconnect with some people is that there might be old wounds or hurts or some things that you never talked about that you will have to address. And that right. is not always easy. But if you're a person of faith, you do need to apologize to that person and ask for forgiveness. And if the the relationship meant something to you, then that's pretty assertive on your part to do that. But it would be a good thing. And it might be the difference of reconnecting or not reconnecting with someone. What about this idea of reconnecting, sending an actual, okay, ready, pick up a pen, and write a postcard (laughs) or a note or a letter instead of doing it just electronically over Facebook or email. I I really like that because it does not happen that often anymore. (laughs) And when I get a handwritten note from somebody, I think, oh, they took the time, they had to go buy the stationery, they had to do something. I don't think that's just a female thing, or do you think it is? Uh, Well, if a man were to do it, the shock effect would be huge. (laughs) We actually have gotten thank you notes from men. Mm -hmm. So I'm just wondering if that is a way now to say, hey, I really liked what was going on. I really enjoyed it. I'm going to do this by taking some time and and writing you. So I think that's an awesome uh, measure. I also think it's good when you throw a dinner party or you do something socially to get people together. Sometimes that can reconnect friends. You might even be thinking... I think Chris knows this person, or Chris Mm -hmm. is in the radio business. I know somebody over there in the radio business. We'll bring them together, and maybe we can form a new connection. So that's a good idea as well. You know, a friend of mine once had an extra ticket to a Nationals game, a Washington Nationals game. I'm sorry, Washington Nationals. Sorry. sorry. Yes. (laughs) Well, he's a St. Louis fan, and they were playing. Okay. (laughs) So we go to D.C. to watch. And that's one way that was fantastic. We spent the weekend reconnecting. We hadn't seen each other in a long time, and his proactivity on that meant a lot to both of us. You know, we do that. We do that with our relatives who we don't see from California. It's so far away from Virginia where I mm-hmm. live and we don't see them hardly at all, but we all go to get together once a year at a Michigan football game in the big house. Oh wow. And reconnect that way and then we catch up and we but it helps us stay connected yes. as cousins. So I really like the fact that we do that. 
you know, the other thing you could do related to that, Chris, would be to ask someone to join you for a concert or if there's some interesting activity at your church. Mm. I remember when I moved to Wheaton, I didn't know anybody, and I had a couple of new acquaintances who invited me. It was around the holiday time, and they had these Christmas teas where they decorate tables, and they bring in a speaker, and they do things. And I had a couple of people invite me to that, and it was a really good way of meeting friends. So think about what's going on in your community or your church, and you can bring people in that way. I think the point here is to simply be interested in other people. Get out of yourself and focus on others. And it, it's a biblical idea. One of the issues is you don't always want to talk about yourself when you're trying mm. to make a new friend. This is a mistake too many people make. Right. It gets draining on the other person, and they probably walk away from that conversation going, man, that person <laughs> told me a lot, but they didn't ask me one question right. about myself. Because friendships are give and take, you need to be a good listener. So look for some commonalities with that person talk and mm-hmm. tell a little bit about yourself, but then also ask questions and be a good listener. And then make sure your friendships aren't always about all of your problems either. That can be a drag. That is an interesting point to make because there is research to back that up. Mm. You need to not always be dealing with problems and you need to celebrate good things that happen in your life. When somebody does something, has a good victory in their life and something great happens, celebrate those moments, do something, react to all the good news you hear, not just when the person has problems. And what about if a friendship just stays superficial? And I don't mean that negatively, but I just mean to say it's, it's just on the surface. There's no depth there. Well, it will stay superficial if you never talk to the person about anything that's going on in their life. Yeah. Sometimes even just the good things, if they don't share some of the problems. Now, again, you don't want to get it all problem-focused, but you can have a few superficial friends, but if you're going to develop a really close friendship, you do have to open up a little bit. Now, I'm not talking about having a therapy session with someone, <laughs> but really just to be a little bit vulnerable, be interested in their life, you know, sometimes that's a risk because you can get hurt if you share things with somebody and then they end up not being very trustworthy. But you know, my thought about that, Chris, is you try with different people and then you see who you can trust. And once you can trust somebody, you have to learn to be vulnerable and go a little deep. Well, Dr. Linda, it is uh, time for us to take a quick break. But when we come back, let's answer the question, should we only have Christian friends? Lean on me when you're not Everyone worries, don't they? Well, just listen to the nightly news or read the economic forecast or even talk to your family. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel. Opportunities to worry present themselves many times during our day. So why would God tell us not to worry when it almost seems like it's impossible? First, he knows the physical damage worry does to our bodies. Second, he wants to calm us down by taking the burden of control away from us. Hey, we don't have control. No matter how much we think we do, he does. And third, he wants us to trust him. The root of worry is doubting God. Doubt is not trusting that God is who he says he is, or he will do what he says he will do. So every day, take your worries to God. Rehearse his goodness, accept his grace, and walk in the confidence that he is in control and he's working all things for your good. Mother and daughter relationships are powerful and they impact all our other relationships. Think about it. The way you react with your mom typically is the way you might react with other people. Yet this important bond can be filled with tension when both women try to find their own voice 
and develop a sense of self. So working through the mother-daughter relationship can be a challenge, but it is so worth the effort. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel, and I would love to help you navigate this important relationship and strengthen it to the best it can be. That's why I wrote, I Love My Mother, But, a book to strengthen the mother-daughter relationship. We all love our mothers, but sometimes we need a little help working through our differences. I Love My Mother, But, available on my website, drlindamintel.com, or online where books are sold. Raising healthy kids in an unhealthy world. Available on Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. And available online where books are sold. You've got a friend in me. You've got a friend in me. You're listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and Dr. Linda has written numerous books that you can find on her website. Uh, we encourage you to connect on social media to follow her blogs and speaking engagements. And you can listen to this show anytime on our podcasts. Dr. Linda, so far we've had great tips on building and keeping friendships. And here's a question that always comes up, especially in the church. Should you only have Christian friends? Well, Chris, you are a Christian. You are my friend. Right. So I have one. Okay, there's, there's one. <laughs> um, but first, I would hope that non-Christians would be drawn to any of us who are believers because of the difference that Jesus is supposed right. to make in our life. If we're living in Christ... We should be known for our love, and that is an attractive friendship quality. Mm -hmm. And so are many of the other characteristics that should mark a believer's life. You know, you would hope that a Christian friend would be honest, would have integrity, would have humility, would not share their Netflix password. (laughs) (laughs) I have a a lot of non-believer friends as well, but I don't join them in their lifestyle or even their belief system if it's counter to my faith. Mm. I would say that my closest friends are Christians because we do share that spiritual dimension of our lives that is a part of us, and that does bring a deeper intimacy. You know, I've heard people quote Second Corinthians 6.14 uh, to justify only having Christian friends, and it says, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? or what fellowship can have light with darkness. What do you think that means? I think Paul is not telling us that we can't have anybody but Christian friends. He's telling us not to join together with unbelievers in their practices Mm. and in their worldviews. In other words, I think what he's saying here is that the yoking together means to join with them in their lifestyle, their belief system, and therefore become like them. So you wouldn't want to marry or date unbelievers, because that's a joining that's going to go deeper, and it right. will involve your, your worldview, your belief system, the, your lifestyle. But I think friendships are another thing, because you can make some decisions about how you're going to engage with them. See, I agree, because a lot of people who don't have faith, they need hope, and they need help. That's a really, I mean, that is yeah. a really good point, right? And Jesus said it's not the healthy people who need a physician, but the sick. So how are we able to influence anyone if we don't have a relationship with them. So see, I think that has to do with taking the whole counsel of God. Mm -hmm. So again, the caution is don't be yoked in such a way that you're going to compromise who you are and have to be married to somebody who doesn't believe. And even then, there's some interesting conversation in the New Testament about that. But I think what we're looking at is that Jesus interacted with sinners. Mm. That's our model. He had both unbelieving friends and believing friends. So if you want to follow Christ's example, associate with all the people that are in need. We're not better than anyone else, but we do want to have others see the hope that we have and the healing that we have in Christ. I also think non-Christian friends challenge us. Mm. You know, they force oh, yeah. us to really think about 
what we believe, why we believe it. I like that kind of challenge. They ask tough questions, and they point out problems in in the church, which sometimes we don't want to hear. But you know what? Maybe we do need to hear if we're being hypocritical. Mm -hmm. It keeps it, how do you say, real to have unbelieving friends. But there is a balance, because if you do life with all unbelievers... That can be tough as well. You have to build a faith community, too. It is a balance, and I I like what John Piper says. He says that true Christian friends can heighten our joy in God, expose sin in us that keeps us from God, encourage us to obey God, and encourage us to turn to God in our weaknesses. So you need a strong Christian community around you. Friends are a part of that to keep yourself accountable, and it's just too easy, I think, to be co-opted into secular thinking if you don't have some Christian community and people that you can do life together and can keep you on the straight and narrow. Let's talk about that word community because friendship, it is community. So building community can happen a lot of ways. You can share interests with other people. You can work at a homeless center. You can help in a pet shelter. You can go to an athletic event and you know cheer the team on. You can have a Bible study in your home or you could join a knitting circle. There might be something you can do. Our neighborhood has a, you're laughing at the knitting circle. <laughs> you're not going to join the knitting circle. No, probably I know, not. I know women who do that. I know it's not my thing either, but you know what? <laughs> so Chris is not joining your knitting circle. <laughs> All right. But I do know women who do that and love it. And I, I yeah. think it's, I think as you're sitting there with those needles, I've watched it a few times. You can talk. That's true. A lot. Right. So it's a good, it's a good community kind of building thing. Um, I also think you can do like a neighborhood listserv. We had somebody in our neighborhood do that. And so they keep mm-hmm. us abreast of all the things that are going on in the neighborhood. Anyway, what you're doing with all of that is you're building a sense of belonging that goes beyond just individual relationships. And that is the beauty of the church, is that you can build this belonging in the church as well. Well, Dr. Linda, as we're getting near to the end of the program, in order to keep a friendship, whether you're knitting or mountain biking, whatever it is. Which one would you prefer? Uh, probably mountain biking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you have to be consistent over time and give back to the relationship. Yes, and remember to reciprocate. So that's the giving back. If your friend is always the initiator, invite them to do something with you. If you have to cancel on somebody, sometimes circumstances do happen, and that does happen, you should be the one to make a plan for the future. And then uh, make sure that you do actually follow through with that. Show up for people who matter to you. Sometimes that means your physical presence. Sometimes that just means your emotional support. There will always be reasons to not be there, but if you keep choosing other commitments over a friendship, that's a signal to that person. Friendships aren't static. They require work from both people. You have to prioritize the relationship to make it work. Friendships are also built on trust and showing up. Now, get out there and do it. The benefits will be worth the effort. Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer, Normental, our social media directors, Zach and Allison Bolton, our engineer, and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes this show a conversation. From all of us here at Faith Radio, hey, we'll talk to you next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're here, we're doing life together, and it's better, and you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. 
And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.